Hi, everybody. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I'm Mike Spofford, and I am sitting next to Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And Wes, in the midst of the Super Bowl and the Hall of Fame class of 2018 and all of these things, we our attention was diverted for a while from this new-look Green Bay Packers coaching yep. staff, where we've had uh, some coaches who are still here with new titles, other new coaches who have been brought in. So I want to focus this show on uh, some of these stories here revolving around the Packers uh, coaching staff for 2018. And I want to start with the guy who's maybe been here the longest out of everybody, and that's uh, James Campen, longtime offensive line coach, a guy who doesn't like to take credit for anything, but now head coach Mike McCarthy has actually thrown some credit his way by giving him a new title of run game coordinator, a job that he's been doing now it's official next to his name. Yes, exactly. And, and, and for him to get that recognition, I know is obviously a cool honor for him. Uh, good luck getting him to talk about any of this stuff. <laughs> uh, if you know anything about Campy, uh, he uh, does not do well with getting credit for really anything. Um, and I, I kind of wrote about this on Packers.com this past week. If you ever bring to him something that either somebody said or you point something out, the two things are going to happen. He's either going to create a self-deprecating joke or he's going to find a way to just wiggle into another topic. Yeah. He, he doesn't want to you know, do anything of that accord. You can tell it means a lot to him, but it's just, it's just something he doesn't want to talk about. And uh, the, the interesting thing about Campy, I think ESPN.com did a story recently or they had one of their stats and info things about how I think he's two seasons shy now of uh, – Hog Hanner, right, for the longest tenured assistant oh, wow. coach on in Packers history. Oh, I didn't know that. He's going wow. into his 15th season. I think uh, Hanner was 16, and then he also had a stint, I believe, as a scout as well. Yeah. Um, but Campy, what he's done here, when you look at this track record, he was on staff. He assisted Joe Philbin, who's now back as the offensive coordinator with the at the time was the offensive line coach, and then in 2007 got promoted to a line coach himself. Nine Pro Bowlers during that time the Packers have had countless wow. number of players, even more than that, who have gotten second and third contracts in the NFL. And, and at the end of the day, I think that's the biggest thing. You want to have the accolades, you want to have the Super Bowls, but these young men are trying to create a life for themselves. So whether it's been Brian Balaga as a first-round draft pick or David Bakhtiari as a fourth-rounder, even you know undrafted players, Evan Smith uh, was discarded. He was out of the league. Then he goes on and gets a, a long-term deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after becoming the Packers starter. So many guys. I mean, the proof is in the pudding with, with Camp and that even if he doesn't want to take the credit, his track record, uh, it's it's without match. Yeah, a couple of seasons in, in Campen's tenure really stand out to me. One being just this past season because of all of the, the injuries and just the shuffling and guys having to play different spots. You know, Lane Taylor playing some left tackle. Yeah. Justin McCray who basically plays center, you know, all of training camp and, you know, then ends up playing both guard and and some right tackle and even some left tackle. I think yeah. he was thrown in at one point. You know, you're going to have some hiccups along the way, but by and large with all the changes that were going on, the Packers offensive line was not the issue in 2017. I think a lot of credit goes to James Campen for that. The other one that stands out to me, I go back to 2009. It was Aaron Rodgers' second year as a starting quarterback, and I don't have all the numbers off the top of my head, but I remember in the first half of that season, Aaron Rodgers was getting sacked a ton. He was going down way too much. He was getting hit way too much. James Campen was under a lot of fire. A lot of fans were like, you know, hey, these look like some good offensive linemen here. What's wrong with our offensive line coach? We got to move on from this guy. You know, the typical fan knee-jerk reaction type of thing. Yeah. 
the second half of the season, um, the the sack numbers dropped dramatically. Yeah. And really, and the Packers then went seven and one the second half of the season to get into the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers made his first playoff appearance that year. A lot of credit to uh, to James Campen for weathering that storm, and he was able to block out all the outside noise and focus on his guys. And he got that offensive line playing the way he knew it was capable of playing. That's that's a season in particular with him as an assistant coach that I've always remembered. Yeah, and specifically looking at this past year, the fact that the Packers were able to navigate this season. And it never became a big narrative of offensive line play, I think, yeah. is an ultimate testament to him. I mean, you have to remember, Lane Taylor played two games at left tackle. Prior to those games, he'd never played the position before at any level of football. It yeah. was one spring game. He just like played with it at Oklahoma State. But even going back to high school, he was a guard. Yeah. He pushes out to left tackle, and a former undrafted free agent, and was serviceable there. Justin McCray, a guy that had been out of the league, had been working at a hotel, he was in the Arena Football League, he makes eight starts for this offensive line at various positions this season. Lucas Patrick was a serviceable offensive lineman (laughs) as a former tryout player who had one offer in the NFL and was playing with a club on his hand. (laughs) And and then a guy like Corey Lindsley gets a contract extension. Um, It's remarkable... What the Packers have done. So whether or not Campen wants to take credit for it, if you just want to say, you know, the Packers have found some incredible linemen, where whatever the source is of all this success, it uh, it's pretty remarkable what they've done, both in season in which guys stayed healthy, like 2014, 15, and then times when uh, guys didn't. They've they've been able to to stem the tide. Yeah, absolutely. With that, we'll toss it to a break. Back with more on Packers unscripted right after this. Back to Packers Unscripted, Mike Spofford in this chair, Wes Hodkowitz in that one. And Wes, continuing our discussion about the coaching staff, another coach who is back with the Packers in 2018 but with a new title is David Rye. And yeah. this is a guy who's had a number of different titles now on the Packers coaching staff. He broke in on Mike McCarthy's staff as a coaching administrator, if I believe. Correct. Then moved on to assistant offensive line coach. He worked with uh, with Coach Campen with the guys up front. Then last year he was offensive perimeter coach, and now he is the wide receivers coach taking over for Luke Getze, who has moved on to a job with Mississippi State. So, um, And I tell you, you want a story about a guy laying it all on the line to get into the coaching business, take a look at David Rye's story because this is a guy who went from uh, financially a fairly lucrative job as a uh, as a medical equipment sales representative to essentially taking an unpaid job on Rick Neuheisel's UCLA staff. And now here he is. Uh, he's been in the NFL for a handful of years and a guy who's still climbing the ladder. Yeah, and you talk about a guy that was probably tailor-made for sales. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Rye has that kind of personality, very gregarious, extroverted type of individual. Yeah. Um, and to be honest with you, if I was in his spot and I actually liked what I was doing, which it sounds like for the most part he was, um, I probably would have just stayed stood pat because uh, it, it was it was a great opportunity that he had out in uh, Beverly Hills uh, but he had a hankering to coach again and he, he you know played at Iowa uh, was actually there when Joe Philbin was the offensive line coach of the Hawkeyes and he just wanted to be back in football and 
basically went back into you know, beg Rick Neuheisel for an unpaid internship, uh, which eventually turned into basically like a, for lack of a better term, a grad assistantship yeah. uh, for two seasons and worked his way up from there. And I thought one of the interesting things from the conversation I had with him, how his coaching style, you have to be yourself when you coach if you're going to be successful. You can't try to be somebody else. But he's tried to take something from every stop along the way. He talked about New Heisel, his charisma, and you know, being with Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech. Yeah. Kingsbury's always seen as kind of this chill guy, but he mentions how, you know, intense he is. Um, you know, and, and Kirk Ferentz and, and the fundamentals at Iowa and now in, in Green Bay with Mike McCarthy. That offensive perimeter coach was interesting this past year because it allowed him basically to be on the the hip of Mike McCarthy during game days. It was his responsibility when McCarthy needed information. There was typical certain things he was looking for. It was his job to basically facilitate that. And from McCarthy, he's seen you know really having that bulletproof mindset to adversity and, and finding ways to always overcome. And now he feels like that's prepared him for this latest opportunity now as the Packers receivers coach. Yeah, and this is a guy who just absolutely loves football. Because you mentioned his career at Iowa. It's not like he was some star in the Big Ten. This is a guy who was a backup quarterback, you know, really kind of paid his dues. And uh, and even you know w- without much of a, a college career so to speak to to hang his hat on as a player just loved it so much that you know wanted to get, wanted to get back involved in coaching and I love his personality you mentioned that before I'll never forget it was actually uh, a season ago you know the Packers at, coming off the four and six and the run the table and everything you know you win the last six games to get into the playoffs I happened to bump into Coach Rye down in in the team dining room right after the win over Detroit as the Packers are then, you know, getting ready for the wild card game against the Giants. And just typically I'm like, you know, hey, coach, how's it going? And he just looks at me and says, there's only 12 teams still playing, and we're one of them. It's going great. And <laughs> But that's that's David Rye, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like you, you can't – you almost can't take the smile off the guy's face. I mean, he's he's got he's got a very infectious personality and uh, always a fun guy to talk to. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be interested to see now – in this new role, wide receivers uh, coach, he's got a he's try, replacing a popular coach. Lee yeah. Getzey was very well liked by his guys. Some tough shoes to step into, but uh, if anybody can do it, it's Rye. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting how those, their two stories have kind of been tied together. Because you go back to that coach coaching administrator job that he got back in 2014, I believe it was. Him and Getzey were actually both interviewing at the same time for the offensive quality control post. That's right. That's and right. as Mark Carthy said directly after it, when he was after the announcement of the coaching staff had been made, you know, he said both of these guys knocked it out of the park. It was just that Getzey kind of put it a little bit farther. And a they, few rows deeper in the bleachers, yeah. apparently. Yeah. So they hired him for the offensive quality control position, but they basically created that coaching administrator role for Rye to come on staff. And then they've kind of followed each other up the internal ranks up until now. Getsy going on to Mississippi State as an offensive coordinator and receivers coach. So now Rye moves into that room. And as the offensive perimeter coach, he's been around the quarterbacks. He's been around the receivers quite a bit. He's excited about that. You know, he, he likes the steps that Devontae Adams has, has made. He's taken. He sees a lot of potential in that room and thinks that uh you know as he said and going back to his kind of enthusiasm about everything he's like what an opportunity yeah. to, to coach these guys that are this talented and try to help them he's like that's uh that's something that's priceless for him yeah no doubt with that we'll toss to a break back with more on packers unscripted right after this
Welcome back to Packers Unscripted. Mike Spofford here, Wes Hodkowitz over there. And Wes, moving on to uh, talk about one of the new coaches on the Packers staff for 2018, inside linebackers coach and defensive run game coordinator Patrick Graham. We talked about uh, David Rye's interesting uh, origin story with, uh, with the medical sales job. This is another guy with, uh, with quite a background. He actually starts as a chemical engineering major at Yale, playing on the football team, although he emphasizes he didn't really play, he pretty much rode the bench at Yale. But then he said he ran into uh, having differential equations and thermal dynamics in the same semester, and he said something about you have to have one before the other, so he was completely lost. I, I stopped at Calculus 2 and became a writer. I didn't, uh, I <laughs> I didn't, didn't even go, try Calculus. I didn't go beyond that <laughs> in math. But anyway, so he switches from chemical engineering to sociology, and then ultimately that, uh, um, that leads to uh, after college – he is uh, essentially like a PR, you know, sort of newsletter writer type of uh, guy in a in a job. But his his old position coach at Yale asked him, you know, hey, do you wanna do you wanna get an MBA? And he was kind of like, yeah, maybe I'll get an MBA. Do you want to get your MBA paid for? And he says, well, yeah. And he says, well, and become an assistant coach, and you can get a graduate assistant yeah. job, and you know, and go to graduate school. So he latches on at Wagner College a tiny school in the Northeast as a graduate assistant. And now here we are almost two decades later. He's been in the NFL for a long time. He still doesn't have his MBA because one month he said coaching at Wagner College, he decided a co coaching is what he wanted to do for the rest of his life. It's really quite a story. He's, he's a really interesting guy to talk to, and it'll be fun to have him here in Green Bay. Yeah, very well-spoken individual. You really get a feel for just probably you know how smart he is. I mean, you can look at the resume Yeah, and obviously get that. You can't just walk into Yale and <laughs> you know just be like, I want to go to college here. Yeah. Uh, and try to major in engineering, no yeah. less. Yeah. But I just you, you want to talk about an MBA program, not to make a crappy transition, but, I mean, you look at what his coaching roots and, you know, getting the chance to be with Bill Belichick for as many years yeah. as he was at the New England Patriots in these past couple seasons with the New York Giants and, and the defensive line success they've had there. Uh, it, it's been it's been interesting to follow his trajectory. And now really gets a chance to go back, and, and while he is going to be the defensive run game coordinator, uh, is also going to be coaching uh, the inside linebackers uh, position. So uh, the Packers going back to a true inside linebackers coach, obviously Scott McCurley moving into his new position as a defensive assistant. And I just think that experience that Graham's going to bring in those life lessons he has over the course of his career, uh, being able to bring that to a relatively young room, you know, Blake Martinez coming off the season that he had uh, leading the league or being up there in, in tackles for the NFL – Trying to tie all that together and also looking with some of the stuff that Joe Witt's going to be doing as a defensive pass game coordinator with the inside linebackers, I think bringing those two avenues together is really going to help that unit. Yeah, his his motivation as a professional is uh, is really interesting to explore because he didn't shy away from the fact that he feels as a college football player at Yale, he didn't give it everything he should yeah. have. He he shortchanged himself in in the effort category in terms of trying to become really the best player he could have been. He says, "Ask my teammates at Yale. You know, I I, I didn't put in the work that that I should have." And that's really been his motivation to make the most of his coaching career. When he found that his passion is coaching, he's gone all in. And uh, and you get to work for the New England Patriots, the New York Giants, and now the Green Bay Packers. That says something about uh, um, about what you bring to the table. And uh, and this guy, he's he's uh, 
he's still, as I say, he's going on almost two decades now in uh, in the coaching profession, and uh, and he's still uh, extremely motivated to, uh, to to make the most of every opportunity that comes his way. Yeah, he really did, and, and it was interesting that you obviously were part of the interview and wrote the story, but just me getting a chance to go back and listen to it, obviously a very articulate guy, um, but you can get a feel through those words, like a lot of coaches, but I mean, you can really get a feel for what this game means to him and how excited he is about this opportunity. And it's something else we pointed out in these last couple episodes too, the ties that bind everybody, again, coming over from New York with uh, Frank Signetti, the, the quarterback's coach for, for Eli Manning. Um, there's a familiarity there with some of the guys already. So yep. I, I will be interested to see first time it's probably Dom Capers, I would think, in 2008 that they brought in a, a coach that was with Bill Belichick. Right. Um, so I think that'll be interesting, too, to see what kind of flavor he brings to, yeah. to that position and in the defense. Yeah, no doubt about it. With that, we'll toss to a break back with more on Packers Unscripted right after this. back to Packers Unscripted, Mike Spofford alongside Wes Hodkowitz. And Wes, another new coach to uh, discuss here is uh, the Packers' new quarterbacks coach, Frank Signetti. And again, you start looking into these guys' backgrounds and it does get kind of interesting. Frank Signetti goes all the way back to 1989 on the University of Pittsburgh staff with Mike McCarthy. Signetti was was a graduate assistant. McCarthy was the vo- a volunteer assistant. I think that's when he was doing the whole toll booth thing, yeah. you know, in the middle of the night to uh, to, to make some money because he was coaching at Pitt for free. Um, but these guys go back a long way, and uh, and it was interesting talking with Signetti when he was introduced to the media. He said actually, he moved on from Pitt to uh, to IUP Indiana University of Pennsylvania, and when Mike McCarthy then was uh, was with the Kansas City Chiefs, cutting his teeth in the NFL. And he said McCarthy would come back home, come back home to Pittsburgh at times in the offseason. And Signetti was actually in the McCarthy's parents' living room watching practice tapes with McCarthy of Joe Montana and doing like the quarterback drills and stuff like that in Kansas City. So the history between these two guys goes back a long way. And now they did cross paths with uh, the New Orleans Saints. Mm -hmm. Mike McCarthy was the offensive coordinator there and Signetti was on his staff. And now here they are again several years later. Um, really almost two decades later, back on the same staff again. And this is this will be Frank Signetti's sixth NFL team that he's worked for. But again, another guy who's pretty excited, and how can you not be excited to work with a guy like Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, and Signetti's story is so interesting too because there are all the ties that are there with Mike McCarthy, but then also uh, with Jim Hostler. With Hostler, yeah. new mm-hmm. uh, offense pass game coordinator. Right. Uh, make sure I get that right. Uh, during their time at I, uh, Indiana area, Pennsylvania, you. UIP? I, I, IUP. IUP. That's, that's what he calls it. He yeah. calls it IUP. Make sure I get that right. But anyway, he ends up being in the Chiefs after McCarthy leaves. They get together with the Saints. McCarthy ends up going to the 49ers a couple years later after McCarthy's already left to come to the Packers. Signetti ends up with the 49ers. And then now, uh, obviously, together here in Green Bay. Uh, an interesting path that he's taken. And then also you look at some of these guys he's worked with. I mean, the past two years, it's a new system, obviously, he's coming into. But... You know, Ben McAdoo basically ran a variant of what Mike McCarthy runs sure. during his time in New York and, and, you know, working with Eli Manning there. Uh, as you said, and, and you can tell the enthusiasm in his voice about working with Aaron Rodgers and getting the chance to help him and develop, you know, the quarterbacks behind him. It's a great opportunity, and it's a, it's a chance to, you know, 
help one of the best in the game, um, you know, really make sure he crosses his T's and dots his I's. And I think you look at every single coach that's come through Green Bay and has a chance to work with Aaron Rodgers and the relationship they've formed. Uh, it's a pretty special bond that, that that room has. Yeah, and his uh, his coaching career after the uh, the year at Pitt with Mike McCarthy, we mentioned him going to IUP. He was actually on his father's coaching staff. That yeah. was the that was the school that that he played for, and then uh, and then he was uh, he was also coaching with his dad. And and the connections with Jim Hostler, you know, kind of filter their way through as well. Hostler and Signetti and McCarthy were all on that New Orleans Saints staff in the early two thousands, and then actually. When Hostler was on McCarthy's staff in San Francisco when McCarthy was offensive coordinator, when McCarthy leaves, Hostler becomes the offensive coordinator, and then he hires Signetti as his quarterback's right. coach, uh, bringing Signetti back from a couple of other stints back in the college ranks, brought him back into the, into the NFL with the 49ers. So the, uh, the, you know, it's, it's kind of a crazy web that's been weaved here in, in the history, the, the personal histories of these guys. And it's, it's really going to be interesting to see how it all comes together now when you, when you add in Joe Philbin, James right. Camp, and these other offensive coaches that, that have been here uh, in Green Bay, and, uh, and now they're all together. One of the things I think is going to benefit the Packers, too, is Signetti's had experience as a coordinator as well uh, with the Rams. Hostler did it with the 49ers. Yep. Obviously, Joe Philbin's been a head coach in addition to being an offensive coordinator. So a lot of bright guys that have had big-time roles in the NFL in terms of managing offenses, constructing those game plans, and executing them. I think, really, when you look at how this matches up, it, there's a lot of things there, a lot of potential to, to have a lot of success. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see just uh, just what, uh, what comes of it all, with all these guys in the same meeting rooms together. But with that, that's a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. On Twitter, he's at Wes Hot. I'm at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next time.